Now, Quentin Boyer, he's kind of just hedging his bet, but he's doing so in a way that listeners with small children might not appreciate. Fair warning. Quentin Boyer is in public relations. The film company he works for produces reality-based content. The idea is that the the action is sort of mise-en-scene, if I can use a film term. Or, put simply, what we do is point cameras at people who are having... Yes, Quentin does PR for, well, an adult entertainment company. So... What exactly does that entail? I do a lot of different things, uh, including now uh, working on an, uh, a bunker to shield us from the apocalypse. Wait, did we just hear that right? And on public radio, no less? How did this happen? How did the bunker come to be? Well, it all stemmed from a conversation I had with some coworkers back in 2008. This was right around the time that the U.S. economy and global economy was really starting to go downhill. And we started to talk about the Mayan calendar and the fact that 2012 was rolling around and that there's a certain segment of the global population that believes the, the world is going to end in December of this year. December 21st, to be exact. And though Quentin wasn't sure he believed in the Mayan prophecy, He was familiar with the concept of the self-help ideology, The Secret. The Secret says that if you believe hard enough in what you want, you can determine your own future. This scared Quentin and his colleagues. They thought, if enough people believed... Just believe strongly enough that the world's going to end and begin to act accordingly. Could they, in essence, bring around an apocalypse of their own making? As we talked about this idea, we were mostly laughing, but occasionally sort of going, huh, it's a little bit uh, nerve-wracking. Maybe building a bunker, as crazy as it seems, wouldn't be the worst idea we've ever had. And then eventually, uh, being the sort of tricky, publicity-minded guy that I am, I said, you know, building this thing with part of the purpose being that we're going to continue to produce porn while we're underground, avoiding whatever is going on, really could be a story in and of itself. So Quentin found a decommissioned missile silo and started to modify it into a luxury apocalypse bunker. The plan was that they'd move into the bunker, and on the 21st, the projected end of the world, they would party. The drinks will be free. Dancers, yeah, that, that's a high probability there. Well, we're hoping to have lots of sin going on in the bunker, obviously. The basic idea is to party like it's the end of the world. If you knew you were going to die at the end of the day, what would you do between now and then? So with fever dreams of Matrix-style apocalyptic dance parties, Quentin got to work. But building an apocalypse bunker proved more difficult than he thought. Some of our plans have become uh, casualties of practical reality, shall we say. We're not going to be able to accommodate as many people as I I would like to have. You start getting into the reality of it with uh, working with engineers and contractors, and they point out things like, you know, you all have to be able to breathe. Eventually, supplies and the longevity of your supplies become an issue. You know, I, I keep referring to it as a luxury bunker, but... Reasonably speaking, there's only so long you can expect to live in luxury when the rest of the world is gone. Being alive at all is a luxury at that point, as I define it. What started out as an opulent harem started becoming more and more Spartan. Quentin really wanted this bunker to actually be safe. What if the world really did end? Just what if? I believe in the possibility 
And I think it's a very slim one. But, you know, the world is a strange place. But the safer he tried to make the bunker, the crazier everyone else started to think he was. Three quarters of the company thinks I'm certifiably insane at this point. As far as the rest of my family goes, they will be there on December 22nd to welcome me coming out of the bunker by pointing at me and laughing and saying, I told you so. My wife is pretty skeptical of this whole idea, but she's going to come with me. At least that's, that's my assumption. Four years and more than a million dollars later, Quentin's boss is frustrated at the cost and time consumed by this bunker. Now, it's much more than just a publicity stunt. Ring and thunder and lightning crumbling, buildings falling, hurricanes are shattering. I was going to go through a list of apocalyptic scenarios, and maybe you can tell me if your bunker is prepared to withstand each of them. Sure. Okay. Nuclear war. We feel very good about our preparedness. It is definitely structured to withstand radiation. Zombies. We are very well armed in the event of zombies coming. This is, after all, Arizona. We're training for the specific kind of ways you disable a zombie. You have to aim for the head. Super volcano. We do have excellent filtration and a very robust uh, HVAC system. Aliens. We're anticipating that aliens that invade will be able to be killed with earthly weapons. That's our operating assumption because it has to be. And of course, there's the scenario that looks most bleak for Quentin's company, considering the nature of their work, the rapture. The rapture is a a very tricky one. Uh, I've had a number of emails from people, you know, they say God is everywhere, God will find you, God will judge you, and that, you know, if need be, we'll we'll have uh, conversion kits there in the bunker that if it really becomes obvious we have no choice, we can all recant and accept our Savior. Colin plans to move in in early December. Preparations such as they are just to get to the bunker with my wife and uh, our pets. Everyone else will come before the night of the party, which is still on. As for the plans to record and sell the antics of the last party on Earth, Quentin has since decided against it. No, we're not going to film the party for the simple reason that, you know, if things do turn south, I'm not sure I want to have footage of, of that kind of panic. The worst possibility is that there's nothing to open up those blast doors to, or that uh, we never get to open them. I'm rooting for humanity to uh, continue to exist. Uh, (laughs) To to do otherwise seems kind of monstrous to me. Which it is, but I feel like deep down, our culture's current obsession with apocalypse is tinged with a sort of longing to not have to worry about Twitter drama or the mortgage or conditioning for two minutes before rinsing. To be able to let all that go and be forced to focus solely on survival. Eating, sleeping, copulating. So I had to ask Quentin. I feel like after all this planning, it might be kind of a disappointment for you if the world does not, in fact, end. Here's how I envision a successful outcome. On the morning of December 22nd, I will go to the top of the bunker, open up the blast doors... and we'll emerge to singing birds, maybe a curious coyote. I think the feeling will be somewhere between a massive letdown and a bit of regret over a great deal of time and money spent, and on the other, elation and euphoria as we emerge from our hardened hole in the desert to find that the world is still there for us and that we're, we're able to return to life.
Big thanks to Quentin for sharing his tale. Now, if you want more information, you can swing by our website, snapjudgment.org. We'll have a link to what's going on. That story was, of course, produced by Stephanie Fu. You are listening to Snap Judgment. And to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.